And this episode is sponsored by Cozy. Did you know that there's an organizing app designed just for families? If you've started to feel busy again, and for a lot of us, I think we never stopped, and your calendar is filling up with more events and kids' activities than all of last year, why not do your future self a favor and get Cozy? Cozy is the number one organizing app that families use to juggle school schedules, practices, meetings, doctor's appointments, and even a workout or a date night. Imagine that. And it was even named a must-have app for better life by the Today Show. With Cozy, you'll be all set up so everyone knows who is doing what, when, and where. Cozy will even send emails every morning with the day's agenda. How cool is that? So no more missed pickups or double bookings. And here's how it works. Cozy tracks everyone's schedules and events in one place with a shared color-coded calendar and it's easy to get started. You can even pull in events from your family's personal work and school calendars. The best part, it's free. Just download Cozy Family Organizer from the App Store, that's C-O-Z-I, to get the free app today. You're listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad that you're here. And this week, we are talking all about gratitude. Now, especially if you've been trying to teach your kids about gratitude, good practices to put in place, even just a way of thinking about what's happening to you in life, what's going on, and how to look at it through a more positive and grateful eye, well, then you're in luck because I'm speaking with best-selling authors, Trisha Goyer and Amy Parker, and they've teamed up to spread an attitude of gratitude in their new children's picture book, The Grumbles. Now, by teaching kids and adults how to approach life with a gracious mindset and to seek out the goodness in every situation, they're helping brighten lives in innumerable ways. Now, ultimately, The Grumbles is a sweet, simple, and silly story about how to turn everyday grumbles into gratefulness. Now, I think this is such a perfect episode to have this time of year as we head into Thanksgiving. And for me, even as an adult, it helps to you know, snap me back out of it. You know, don't go down that negative spiral that's so easy for us, you know, to get into, especially as busy moms. Um, So I loved speaking to them, uh, finding out, you know, behind the scenes, how the book came together, and then also how we can all look at life uh, through a more grateful heart and, and what that really does, not even in the little moments where you can kind of flip it around, but the greater aspect of it and, and what you're teaching your children in the process, which is everything. Um, so I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please share it with a friend. And of course, thank you for taking those 30 seconds to leave a review. Enjoy the episode. Well, hello, Trisha and Amy. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you both are here. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so much. Absolutely. I love, 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 love speaking to authors and really getting behind the deeper meaning and the reason for the book. What led you to creating a book on gratitude, a children's book? Okay. <laughs> do you want to start, Amy? Do you want me to start? You go for it, Tricia. Um, I actually wrote a book called The Grumble Free Year. It released a couple years ago. And when I was being interviewed on Amy's podcast, I kept talking about the grumbles, all the grumbles in your home. And Amy and I, we've been friends for years. She was my editor like 15 years ago. So we've known each other a while. And we went to lunch afterwards. And she's like, I just think there's a children's book in there. I can just picture it. The Grumbles. And I was driving home from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, where she lives, to Little Rock, Arkansas. 
And she's texting me like, oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? <laughs> I, would, I would wait till we got to the rest, rest area to, to check my text. But really, it was birthed from that conversation, talking about how our family, we have 10 kids, but we had eight at home. My grandma lives with us. And we just wanted to stop grumbling and focus on gratitude. And out of our fails and successes came um, just the idea for the children's book, just to simplify the idea of gratitude for kids. Yeah. And Trisha is like, like she said, we've been friends for a long time and she's just so easy to work with. So there was no, um, there were no pretenses, no, you know, what if she doesn't like my, but we just texted back and forth (laughs) um, and, and we were free to just create this book. And it just, um, it's just really a condensed version of the Grumble Free Year. We felt like that this message is so important. Um, You know, the the Grumble Free Year is, of course, written for adults. It's a nonfiction book. And we just thought if we could get this idea into uh, the minds and hands of kids from an early age, it would make that much more of an impact. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the things that stood out to me is I could absolutely see myself and see my family in the pages. Like every time I turn a page, I was like reminded of my childhood or like what's (laughs) happening right now in my house with two little boys. (laughs) Why do you think we fall into the grumbles and complaining when, when we are in that state, it feels so rotten. Yeah, I think we really think like grumbling is the lesser of the two evils of we're not yelling, we're not throwing things, we're not like (laughs) making these big, you know, emotional outbursts. So we just grumble. And then we think, oh, it's fine. We're just grumbling. Everyone grumbles. Everyone has complaints. No one has a perfect life. But I think what we don't realize is that root of um, not having gratitude, a root of thinking we have to have things a certain way, our expectations get in the way that really just colors our whole life. And so, yeah, maybe we're not yelling and upset and having these big, you know, complaining uh, fits, but that that underlying grumbling kind of just takes root. Mm-hmm. And the sooner we can teach kids and then work on it ourselves, definitely. Um, and I think that's what really a thing it's why it's for families it's not just to teach the kids the parents can see themselves in the pages and like oh I need to do things differently here <laughs> yeah yeah and what she said about expectations too that was one of the most powerful things that I learned from her when we were talking on the podcast and beyond is that not having realistic expectations of things, which I'm the worst. I am an optimist and everything is going to be beautiful and dreamy and then it's not and I can't figure out why. Um, So a lot of it is our expectations about how we set our kids up and ourselves up for failure because we expect we have unrealistic expectations about things. And so, you know, if we're going to Disney World um, in June, we probably should expect it's going to be hot. We probably should expect there are going to be some crowds. We, you know, and and if we just lay down that foundation instead of it's going to be the most joyful, magical place mm-hmm. on earth, um, you know, we can we can be prepared for those expectations, and we can take extra water and a hat, and you know, so preparing for the reality, um, I think can also help us to ward off those, those grumbles as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. 
How do you navigate that line though? Because I love that you're an optimist. I think that we should all try to be more optimistic, especially in 2021. How do you navigate the line between, I want to see the best in this situation. I want to manifest the best, but also, you know, keep your expectations in check because I find like that really is, is the clincher right there. It's like, how do we balance this? Yes, everything is great, especially as mothers in the home where we're trying to uplift everyone emotionally, I feel like, or at least keep everything somewhat balanced. (laughs) We are the balloons. (laughs) Yeah. So, <laughs> is that a form of gratitude? Like, is, is gratitude the cure for that? Well, I think, one, there are two sides of that. One, I have just decided that I'm going to be perpetually disappointed because I do <laughs> always look for the good in everything. But two, I think always looking for the good in everything is is rewarding. Yeah. Um, and two, it helps point everyone else toward that. So I think, like you said, as, as moms... Um, just keeping our kids focused on that gratitude, especially right now. I mean, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I've heard a lot of grumbling Mm -hmm. (laughs) lately everywhere, Mm -hmm. um, social media. And so finding the good in that, um, or, or, or like Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers, um, just finding the good in everything, I think is just so important. So important for us to model, um, so that our kids can learn to do the same. Um, and I don't know, a balance, um, I, I mean, we, we, you know, this, this world has, we live in a fallen world. So mm-hmm. balance, um, I think you just have to be continually optimistic and I don't know that we're going to find that perfect balance here, but, um, but I think it's, it's a, it's a lofty goal and a good goal. Yeah. And I think it comes down to giving ourselves and others grace in the matter yeah. um, and realizing like nobody's perfect. And, you know, after we, we had three biological kids and when they were adults or one was a teenager, but two were adults, we adopted seven kids right. and the house was always a mess. It was noisy. I had piles of laundry and my husband said, did you expect you'd be able to keep up with these seven kids <laughs> as you did with the three that were biological that you trained them when they were little to pick up their things. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Yes. Like, I thought it was me. Like, I thought it was me. Like, I'm such an organized mom. I have this together. You know, we have the systems. But I had to give myself grace. Like, this is a lot. Like, we took on a lot. And then give the kids grace because they hadn't been raised in an environment that taught them to, you know, put things away and not run and scream in the house. It's just, it was such a, a different thing. And so once, like, we have the expectations, like, I just expected things to be like they were with the first three, giving myself grace. And then the kids, like, I should not expect them to know how to do things. And whether they're adopted or whether they're biological, um, we have to train kids. We have to train them to say please and thank you. We have to train them to look for the good. We have to train them to like, I'm sorry, that is disappointing. You know, maybe we can hope that it'll be different tomorrow. I mean, so there's all these training things that we have to do. Um, but I think first we have to realize like we're all just human. <laughs> like every single one of us, <laughs> big and small, and take a deep breath and it'll be okay. Like this is not the end. One of our daughters gets especially emotional. Like, this is the biggest thing in the world. I'm like, this is disappointing. But tomorrow, things can be different. And just teaching them that. I love that. I love that. And I think, again, it goes back to, like, putting this these type of things into a practice. So mm-hmm. to the woman listening to this who gets it, she's nodding her head, how can she actually start to put gratitude and just grace into her life, especially during those stressful times when it really matters the most? Mm-hmm. 
Um, one, I think, is the way you start your day, um, however however that is. But, you know, if you have to get up 10 or 15 minutes earlier than the kids or whatever, but to find some sort of peace to start and root your day. I read my Bible every day, but whatever that looks like for, for whoever's listening, just finding that source of peace and rooting yourself in that before your day even starts. And then I also hang, I mean, because in the thick of it, and and my kids are older now, so um, it's a different kind of thick. <laughs> but when you have little ones running around and you're just trying to keep them clean and and not eating sharp <laughs> objects and and alive, yeah. and and I get it. And um, so I I hang tangible reminders around. For me, I hang Bible verses or, um, you know, just a smiley face or just something, uh, write something on a mirror, just those tangible reminders that, because you're not going to be able to just stop and take 10 deep breaths and, and whatever, you know, when you're just really in the thick of it, you don't think to do that. So part of making it a practice is forcing yourself to do it. And and by hanging those tangible reminders around the house, on the refrigerator, on your mirror, whatever, um, I think you can just bring yourself back to focus on that grace and gratitude and peace. This episode is also sponsored by Kindred Bravely. Kindred Bravely came to life in 2015 by Deanne Akerson, a mom of two, when she couldn't find any comfortable and functional pajamas to wear. As moms, we have to stick together, which is where Kindred comes from. And Bravely, well, being a mom can be tough. It is definitely not for the faint of heart. Kindred Bravely is devoted to making life easier for pregnant and nursing moms, from breast pads and non-skid socks to nursing bras and the most comfortable pajamas that I've honestly come across. And they use a lot of bamboo fabric in their clothing line, which I adore because it is so supple and so soft. Um, You really have to feel it to understand. And perhaps most importantly than her clothing is Deanne's mission to build a community of moms who support and celebrate each other. In fact, behind the scenes, Kendra Bravely employs more than two dozen work-at-home moms who share Deanne's mission and values. If you'd like to try out Kindred Bravely for yourself, be sure to use my code UNSTRESS20 to save 20% off your purchase at kindredbravely.com. Yeah, and, and then taking those moments like getting a regular routine, like around the dinner table, have everyone share what was one good thing that they're thankful for that happened that day. And then when they see us modeling it, because at first they're like, you know, I got to play a video game or whatever. So we're the ones saying, you know, I really enjoyed the sunshine. I heard the birds right when I woke up. I mean, we get them to like when we're noticing those things and they start noticing those things mm-hmm. and they start repeating the things. So you could either just even say it around the table. I've done gratitude journals with my kids before. Every morning I homeschool them. So every morning we'd write something that we're thankful for. And, you know, after a while, it seems like there was like my puppy, my puppy, my puppy forever <laughs> with my six-year-old. But pretty soon they start adding different things. And really it is just training them to pause, to look around, to be thankful. And then then also throughout the day in the small moments, that was so nice. Did you see how nice that clerk was? She just smiled at us mm-hmm. and caught catching those moments when they're happening also. Then later when we're think we're talking about, oh, remember that that nice clerk today? We can be grateful for that. So again, for starting the practice of pausing to be grateful and then teaching them to catch it during the day, which the more I feel like I'm teaching them, then I'm remembering to do the same thing. So much (laughs) of this is like, I want you to stop grumbling and like, oh my goodness, I'm grumbling about their grumbling right now. You're teaching yourself. (laughs) Exactly. 
it comes no. back to us because we are the models and they will they will do what we what what they see us doing if we're grumbling in traffic then they're going to be grumbling when they're mad at their brother and sister or whatever yeah. so really it is we are the models for our kids yeah, I feel like there's no way around that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. they are a direct reflection of our mindset, of our the practices that we put into place. And even, you know, something as small as grumbling like that. Like it's kind of a scary thing if you step up, but you if you also look at it like, man, I have the potential to really shape these people into amazing people for the world, you know, to do good in the world. And it can happen, you know, at at the grocery store in that one little tiny moment. Like, I feel like that's so powerful. Um, But I am curious, uh, how did you decide on the archetype of gratitude to be embodied in the grandmother? Oh, this is a great story. So it's actually after my grandma and she lives with us. She's 90, almost 92. She'll be 92 in a couple of weeks. Wow. And um, when we were in the middle of our grumble for a year, so what, what our family, our family had been on a road trip and there was a lot of grumbling. We had 11 people in a 12 passenger van and we were going from Arkansas to Seattle, Washington. And so by the time we got there, we sat down at a restaurant and I'm like, we have to do something different. Like, it's like, you're touching me. It's my turn to <laughs> put the DVD player or whatever. It was just like the whole time. And so my husband and I had already been planning a cruise with our family. They didn't know it, but we're like, hey, why don't we work for a year on not grumbling? And then everyone, like, we know you're not going to be perfect, but if we're all working on it, at the end of the year, we'll take you on a cruise. And some kids were like, it'll never happen. And some kids were like, yay. So, but finally we all decided like, okay, for a cruise, that'll be worth it. And so we started in August and in November that year, my grandma who lives with us fell and broke her back. And so she um, was in the hospital and she came home right before Christmas. And then we were caring for her in in our home. And I homeschool my kids. So we're here all day. So I'm having to pause and get up because she can't, she's flat on her back in a back brace. She can't do anything for herself. So I'm always having to pause and go help her. And one day when I was reading out loud to my kids, she's in there, she's singing, she's praying to God, she's thanking God for her family. And my 16 year old at the time said, mom, she is in there. She can't move. She's in pain. She can't even sit up. And she is thankful. She's thanking God for her life and for her family. And she and my 16-year-old said, we grumble about the dumbest things. Mm-hmm. And it was that moment when all of us just realized, like, it's a choice. And my grandma, she also has dementia. So she's like, she, someday she won't remember that her back was broken. <laughs> um, but she remembered to be thankful. She remembered to be grateful. And that was years of her you know, going to church or reading her Bible or praying. That gratitude had been in her and built in her, and it just became a habit. And when she's flat on her back, that's the habit that came out. So that moment, I think, was really a turning point. Because before we were trying, but really not getting anywhere, but seeing that grandma in the bed, <laughs> you know, being thankful even when she shouldn't be, um, made a big difference. And so when Amy and I were talking about the book, Amy's like, I, I don't remember which one of us said it, but one of us said it, like, there needs to be the grandma that brings gratitude. And it was like, <laughs> yes, that's it. So <laughs> it really is that example. I think all of us need an example of our life, or we know someone that just exudes gratitude. And it, and it, in our book, it's the grandma. And so I think that that really just shows that one person can make a huge influence in our lives. 
And in the book, the grandma, um, so for, for kids, we thought it was important to model these things so that, like you said, you can see yourselves in, in, in the pages of the book. Mm-hmm. So we show the kids grumbling we show, and, the, and the parents grumbling. We show their different grumbling styles. But then when grandma comes in, she combats all of that grumbling. She's, she's faced with the same situation that each of those family members are faced with, but she shows them a different way to respond. And so in doing that, even though they're, you know, tied up in these characters in a book, but in doing that, we show kids, okay, here are the situations, here's how you could respond, but this makes no one happy. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. here's the way, here's another way that you could respond and look how, how much peace it brings to your home. So the grandma just really models that positive um, practice of gratitude versus the negative practice of grumbling. Yeah. And that's honestly one of my favorite things about books is even if you don't have a person in your life who's modeling or even, you know, if they're not perfect, you have a book that you can read and that's your model. That's your way out. That's your different view of the world. And that for a child, I mean, that could change their lives, you know, and, and even to the mother who just picked it up because the illustrations are adorable and like, they like the (laughs) title. It's like, Oh, you know, it's just such a way, a way up and out, you know, and and it's just something so simple as a book. And so I'm just, oh, I'm grateful for this book. But it is clear also that faith is a huge part. Uh, It's a huge theme in the book. Why was that important for you to have in the book? And I know nowadays, you know, people might shy away from that or not want to include that to, you know, just for whatever reason. Why was that important to have in there? I know for me, um, my life really changed when I had faith in my life and I realized I need God and I can't do things on my own. I was a teen mom. I had my oldest son at 17 and I was doing whatever I wanted. And once I realized like, oh, maybe there is a better way. Maybe I can look at a different plan than just doing whatever I want. My life change. And um, so and that impacts my day, my day when I'm feeling like grumbling just send up that quick prayer, give me strength or give me peace or, and I feel different. I feel like pausing to ask for help, to seek help, to realize like, I don't have to do this on my own really just changes everything. And so the faith element is like, yes, we can say, don't grumble, be thankful, but we also can turn to God. I turn to God for help and that just changes everything. Yeah. And I, same here. Um, the faith element, it's not just a, an element that we decided to put in there. It, it is our reality. It is how we stay grounded in gratitude. Um, so, um, you know, and I, I understand that people do shy away from it um, these days and, and you know, in a, in, a, in a way to not be offensive. But for Tricia and I, it is, that's all the more reason to share it because, because there, there there is peace in that. And there is, you know, we want everyone to find that same, um, you know, faith that we have, because that's how we've made it. That's how we stay grounded. That's how we are grateful. That's how Trisha survives with 10 kids (laughs) and homeschooling and writing 47 books a year and grandma. Yeah. So, um, but we all, we all have our struggles. And, um, and so for me, I, I couldn't, I mean, there's no other way. Yeah. I totally get that. And I resonate with that. You know, we need all the help that we can get. And, um, you know, studies show that people who have faith live longer, they're happier, they're more optimistic. And even during hard times, you know, they are the ones that survive. So I think there's something to it, you know, even from a scientific standpoint. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're almost out of time for the, for the woman listening to this, what do you really want her to remember from this talk? Um, 
the purpose of this book is is not for, you know, when you close the book, you're going to turn around and you're going to be a perfect mother and your kids are all <laughs> going to be grateful. <laughs> um, it's just the reminder. It's just placing that little seed that, okay, there is a different way to do this. There is the possibility of having gratitude in each day. And, um, and just by every time, you know, you read this book, it brings an awareness of this different way to do things. So um, even if there's not, you know, an overnight transformation, uh, if all of your kids don't turn from caterpillars to butterflies, it, <laughs> it's just, it's just that reminder, it just plants that seed um, and brings an awareness to, oh, wait, I am grumbling like the mom in the book. And I should be more grateful or not should. I don't like shooting people. But, <laughs> um, but you know, there is a way to bring more peace and content- contentedness to my home. And um, so just really planting that seed, bringing an awareness to the grumbles that that all of us do every day and finding a better way to do that. Yeah. I was recently asked um, to talk about like how to raise successful kids who grow into, you know, caring adults. And so I'm like, this is a big topic. So <laughs> yeah. really thinking about it and talking with, I have three adult kids that are, um, you know, successful and have families and are doing great. And then we have the ones that we're adopting that we're still in process. But thinking about it, like I talked to my kids and I'm like, remember the moment, you know, when I had this big aha moment and I had this talk about gratitude or this and they're like no <laughs> like you know because that's not meaningful to them but what has like Amy was saying it's planting the seeds and watering it and planting another seed and watering it so really it's the dailiness of being grateful the dailiness of kindness the dailiness of having joy all those things over time make a big impact it's not going to be the one moment when we sit down and give the lecture about being grateful and how we need to be grateful and stop grumbling that's not going to do anything. They're not going to even remember that when they're adults. But when they learn the habits of gratitude, the habits of caring for others, the habits of looking for the good, the habits of prayer or faith or any of these things over time, that really grows them into these adults that can have peace in the world and and give to others and care for other people and be grateful. And so um, and that's what it is, reading a book, you know, <laughs> sitting down, mm-hmm. reading a book, and those little seeds are planted. And over time, that's what really takes route. Motherhood is definitely a marathon and not a sprint. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would you say that that's what motherhood has taught you the most? I mean, what, what has motherhood revealed in your life that you never expected? I I think it, I mean, I think it's that, um, you know, we can have these big poignant moments with our kids and, but, but that's not really that's really not what they walk away with. Like, like Trisha said, it's, it's the daily practices. And so when, um, I had a friend who the other day was telling me something big that her daughter had done and gotten in trouble. And I can remember feeling that when my son did something similar, when he was like six. And then again, in high school, you know, I felt like, oh my gosh, he's going to grow up and be a serial killer. (laughs) And, um, and he's he's not he's mm-hmm. happy and successful and uh, not a serial killer, <laughs> and um, and that just just so moms when you're feeling that moment when there's something overwhelmingly 
bad that is really in the grand scheme of things not horrible that happens you can just it's the long run it's the Mm -hmm. marathon that we're just trying to get to the next day deal with the bad thing with the best you can get wisdom from that bad thing and then move on to the next day and just keep your kids alive all over again (laughs) and it's the marathon um and and when you, you know, raise up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. I've seen that, you know, take place in my own kids' lives, and, and I firmly believe it to be true. Yeah, and it is those habits and routines. And I think, first, we need to figure out what's priorities. And for me and my husband, we figured out, like, dinner around the table, mm-hmm. um, going to church together, reading books out loud. So we read, I'm reading Little House on the Prairie to my 10-year-old boy right now at bedtime. You know, <laughs> those habits, we think, aren't the big things, but later when our kids come home, you know, on Sunday afternoons when my son's here with his kids, they want to have dinner around the table. My mm-hmm. daughter lives in Europe. With She's married, has two kids and lives in Europe. And when she comes over, she's like texting me, you know, or messaging me, uh, you know, after she gets off to play, mom, can you make tuna casserole for dinner? I'm like, that is the most boring like thing ever. But to her, tuna casserole around the table as we're all talking about our day is home to her. Mm-hmm. It's peace to her. It's so we think that it's going to be, yeah, those big things or the big baseball tournament or all these things. <laughs> but really it is those habits of reading at bedtime of, you know, having dinner together of, you know, Sunday afternoon is for church and family or whatever it is. It, it is those habits that carry with them that they care about and that really kind of build who they are. And when I see my son reading out loud, you know, at nighttime, he's like, oh, you know, I'm reading this book, The Chronicles of Narnia to his kids that his dad read to him, mm-hmm. you know, by C.S. Lewis. It's like, okay, this is what it's all about. It was those little things that I didn't realize at the time are end up being the big important things in our kids' lives. Mm, that just gave me chills. I love it. And and to hear that, you know, as a mom of two young boys now, it is invigorating. It is encouraging and motivating. It's like, man, like they did it. They did a great job. You know, I can do it too. Like, that's really how I feel. I honestly feel that way. So thank you to that you're scaling that, you know, to women all over the world who are in the same position. I mean, the work that you're doing, the book that you're putting out is meaningful. It does matter. So thank you um, yeah. from all of us for, for putting in the work each and every day. We appreciate it. We really do. <laughs> Um, Trisha Goyer and Amy Parker, the book is The Grumbles. Um, let us know how to find you guys online and where to get the book. Yeah, mine is just trishagoyer.com. Um, Trisha is T-R-I-C-I-A, goyer.com. And the book is available anywhere books are sold. And I'm amyparkerbooks.com. And from there, there are links to all my socials. So connect with me on socials. But all of that will start at amyparkerbooks.com. Beautiful. Well, ladies, this was such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for the book. Thank you for your time and uh, keep doing an amazing job as mothers. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast.